You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm Alex Navarro, and I have... I'm Shayna Alverson. Welcome. How's everybody doing today? How are you doing? I'm good. It's it's remarkably rainy in the East Bay, which is mm-hmm. really rare. This is only like the second occurrence of rain I've experienced since moving <laughs> here, which... <laughs> It's oh well it's interesting cuz in Atlanta it rains like every single week. So it's pretty rare here, but when it does it like it comes down nicely. Yeah. And but people like don't know what to do when it rains mm-hmm. because they freak out. That's what like, I'm noticing. All of a sudden don't know how to drive or walk around and there's like this frantic running everywhere. It's really actually enter- entertaining. <laughs> but frustrating too when you're behind the wheel. Yeah. I well yeah. and there's so many pedestrians too, which I'm, you know, I drive everywhere. I always have. I guess because where I'm from is so sprawling and everyone drives everywhere. There's not there's not the pedestrian culture that there is here. So it's true. You know, walking in the rain is a whole different ball game from <laughs> people <laughs> the, dashing around over here. The rest of the time <laughs> where the weather is like perfect and beautiful and sunny and it's a perfect 68 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. That is one nice thing, too, though, is it doesn't get cold when it rains here. Like, it does maybe, like, twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's, like, actually a little bit warmer, which is kind of awkward, but you probably experience, too, though, back oh. home. Like, the humidity, it's kind of sticky, and, like, uh, uh-huh. you want to put layers on because it's raining, but then you're, like, sweaty and yep. clammy. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, in Georgia, when it rains and it's 90 degrees, it's like being in a giant sauna. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, it's not great. It's fine unless you have to like go to work and you're like dressed nice. Well, have you ever been to Miami? Yes. I actually competed there a few times, which when you have a spray tan and you're not supposed to sweat is oh, really right. awkward. Like super awkward. Because it drips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really not a good combination at mm-hmm. all. But. Yeah. Miami, it's like it rains at least once a day, mm-hmm. just enough to make it nice and steamy. Yeah. Because it's always hot there. Mm-hmm. It's like perpetual summer. <laughs> It really is. I Which have is why a, people retire there. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I and have they a get, really good know, friend they that get all there. their uh, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just uh, came from a fairly cold place, didn't you? Was it? Was it pretty cold there? It was actually really lovely most of the time. The nice. last couple of days we were there, it was it got a little rainy and a little chilly. And what's a, what's a little chilly? Like fifty degrees. Oh yeah, it's a little chilly. Yeah. It's a little chilly. And so where were you exactly? I was in Germany. Exciting. My first international travel ever in my whole life. It's a big deal. I mean, it was for me. That is a big deal. I just got my passport and it was really funny because, well, I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners are keeping up with what's going on, but um, I went to Germany to compete in the IWF. IWF Masters World Championships and that is weightlifting so when I got there in Frankfurt you know you go through customs you have to show your passport and then they ask you well why are you here right and it was really (laughs) funny because 
I would say, well, I'm here for a weightlifting competition. And several of them were like, oh, you're here to watch your friend. And I was like, no, I am lifting the weights. And they're like, like bodybuilding? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so they're like, bench press? Nope. No. <laughs> and the interesting thing is like uh, weightlifting competitions, the like standard language that they use is English. Mm-hmm. for IWF competitions um <clears throat> so the competition was all in English mm-hmm. and so in Germany they should know the words snatch and clean and jerk if they're familiar with the right. sport of Olympic lifting at all right, right. weightlifting Agreed. is synonymous with Olympic lifting but a lot of people hear weightlifting and they think weight training right which is confusing or they think of powerlifting which powerlifting is the one that has the bench press right the squat, the, the deadlift. deadlift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they add in various other weird, weird ones too. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Olympic lifting, which is my sport, is just the snatch and the clean and jerk. It's those two lifts. Sometimes they're referred to as classic lifts, mm-hmm. the classic lifts. Old school. Yep. Um, but if you watch the Olympics, if you watch weightlifting at the Olympics, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the snatch and the clean and jerk. And so that's what I was competing in. But people... You know, it's. I guess it's not that common of a sport outside of my my sphere of acquaintances or whatever. So <laughs> it's constantly trying to explain to people. They're like, "Oh, you're a, you're like you're a bodybuilder." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Because well, they see muscles, and mm-hmm. that's all. I mean, visually, that's what they're going to tie it to, not the actual lifting of the. Yeah. Not you know, because in bodybuilding you're lifting weights, but that's in prep to then show off what you've built right. rather it's, than like demonstrating your skill of lifting the weights. Yeah. I mean, bodybuilding is the weight training is for a specific aesthetic goal. Whereas the whole point in weightlifting is to be the strongest, to be right. able to lift the most weight. So, which, uh, but yeah, so explaining to people mm-hmm. constantly what the sport of weightlifting actually is, is kind of amusing because a lot of people think what they think of when they hear weightlifting is usually not, the snatch and clean and jerk. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And they don't realize like just how much technique. I mean, obviously you have to be very strong mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but there's so much technique involved. And without the technique, it's you wouldn't be able to lift nearly half the weight that you would. Oh, no. Without the technique. Oh, no. And that's I, – I, I tried teaching a, a power clean to somebody a couple times. <laughs> it did not go well. Yeah. I mean, I can do it, but I but I also have good body mechanics, and yep. I understand movement and how to communicate that to my body. But to teach somebody else that, oh yeah, who who's isn't you know quite uh, as comfortable in their own body mm-hmm. to know how to orchestrate oh, yeah. that and movement teaching, is really hard. Yeah, teaching <laughs> Olympic lifting is a completely different art. Even yeah. even aside from learning Olympic lifting, it's yeah. And I've been teaching it since 2008 so <laughs> I've gotten a little bit better at it but it's definitely like you have to break it down into small pe- you know I I yeah. usually compare it to like learning how to play the guitar that makes sense there's steps involved you learn this component first yes. and then once you've mastered that then you can add an element and then build yeah or like there. if you're learning a guitar solo you know you have to learn it slowly you're going to learn one note at a time right. until you can maybe string them together a little bit faster and mm-hmm. then eventually you'll be able to do it. You know, it's kind of like your muscles know where to go. 
Right. The muscle so, memories yep. built at that point, mm-hmm. which makes a huge difference. Yeah. So a lot of it becomes governed by, you know, the subconscious autonomic system. Um, and that just that takes years and years of repetition. Mm-hmm. So which clearly you have. <laughs> I do have a lot of years <laughs> of repetition, but that's why it's so difficult for beginners, you know. Right. That makes sense. Or another good comparison that's a little more linear would be like comparing it to learning golf you know, like if you've ever tried to play golf before, it's not as simple as swing the club and hit the ball. Because if that's your strategy, 90% of the time, you're you're not even going to make contact with the ball. It's, it's true. <laughs> that was my experience. Yeah. It's really hard. Yep. I, I missed more often than I hit it. And then when I hit it, it never went where I wanted it to go. Yep. And sometimes it would come back at me. Oh, yeah, we'll save. Did you hit a tree or something? We'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time. I don't want to stray too far for the car. But I could full on go off on a tangent about things act sports that involve balls they sports don't ball? it's not yeah not for me nope <laughs> moving on <laughs> note so, to self exactly we'll, don't throw that things at alex don't no really please don't i will <laughs> i will duck dodge i'm really good at dodgeball not throwing the ball but dodging it <laughs> super good at dodging the ball so in in order for you to get to this huge event did you have to qualify like what did you go through to be able to go there for them were you invited like how does that work yeah there's um there's a qualifying total and you have to you have to make a total at a meet that has two national referees at it and then you have to submit um an entry form with the proper signatures and you have to go through like your country's um master's weightlifting association so so it's a process yes it was I, so I qualified um, back in April and was that the meet that you just did for fun actually or was that like the serious meet because I know you did a couple in the springtime actually my I'm really glad you asked that question because I totally switched to weightlifting to, for fun I remember. Um, you know, there's I put so much pressure on myself as a CrossFit athlete and then as a grid athlete, and I I just retired from them because it, I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And every time I go into a competition, just thinking, okay, I you know the outcome doesn't really matter. I'm just gonna have as much fun as possible. I always do well. So the it's like the more pressure I put on myself to place well or perform well. The worse I perform. Well, you get in your head. There's so many more more mental things that come into play at that point. And I think if the goal is to have fun, and this was my experience in competing too, like if the goal is to have fun, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And then there's no pressure. You just do your thing like you would any other day. Yeah. Well, there's that. And I think, you know, when there are pressures on you to achieve a certain uh, level of performance, that that, that brings tension in to the picture you know there's like subconscious tension you're it's like it's almost like trying too hard you know sometimes like you're learning something you the harder you try the worse you get at it and then you stop (laughs) trying and you're like oh oh there that was the trick all along was like (laughs) right right. just stop trying so hard Mm -hmm. so that's been my experience and I I told a few friends that you know the whole Germany trip like I my goal was just just doing it for fun and so and, I did. And, I had fun. <laughs> and you had fun. And what was the result of this fun event that you traveled halfway across the world for? Okay. So, well, 
because I'm pretty sure you did well. I did well, and this is going to sound like bragging, but... But you totally deserve it, and honestly, you didn't do it enough after the event. Like, she, when I asked her how she did, it was so nonchalant that I didn't quite understand what had happened. (laughs) I was like, so what you're saying is... Go ahead. Okay, so... (laughs) Um, in master's weightlifting, there's age groups and weight classes. So I am in the W40 age group because I'm 40 years old and 63 kilos is body weight. So that's how much I weigh. So I had to weigh in at under 138 pounds, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, More details yes. On that. that was great. There fun. was an adventure with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely an adventure. Um, so I won my age group and weight class. So I got first place in that, which is huge. I, yeah, it was master's world. It's good. Yes. So I'm the best in the W40 63 kilo lifters in the world. Big deal. I also won um, best lifter in my age group. So out of the W40s, um, the way it works in weightlifting is they have this coefficient um, in senior lifting, which senior is the open category. Mm-hmm. I know seniors sounds like the old people, but masters <laughs> is actually the old people. Seniors is like the olympics it's like open like it like 16 year olds could, could compete against 45 year olds oh, in the that's senior very misleading i know I'm picturing like an old woman walking well, up to the platform <laughs> right think about it think about seniors as like senior high school yeah kind of because they have juniors and they have youth uh, okay so senior is like you know if you're a youth lifter and you can hang with the seniors then you then you can lift in a senior meet okay so like sense. u.s nationals is a, is senior nationals okay Okay, so um, it, the coefficient in senior weightlifting is called the Sinclair formula. So it's like this formula that you plug your um, your body weight into and then how much you lifted relative to your body weight and it spits out this number. So it kind of equalizes everyone. Okay. So you can win all whole weightlifting meet by Sinclair total. Um, gotcha. Even if you're competing against someone who is in a different weight class than you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I won best lifter in my age group. Um, for the the formula is called something different in masters lifting because they factor in age as well. Okay, that makes sense. So it's it's like Meltzer. Some, I can't remember the the coefficient, but it's a slightly different. It's like Meltzer Sinclair, something like that. Okay. So age is factored in and not just body weight. Um, so I won best lifter for my age group. So out of all the weight classes, I got a trophy for that. Um, and then at the end of the meet, they put all the numbers through the coefficient formula mm-hmm. and come up with a best lifter over all the age groups and all the weight classes. And I won that too. Whoa. So a little bit, a little bit easier way to understand that is I, she crushed it. Well, I did crush it. <laughs> she doesn't want to say that, but that's what happened. Hulk smash. <laughs> Hulk um, smash. Yes. Hulk smash. Um, to to put it into perspective, and sometimes I have to do this to like give myself a little credit for what I accomplished. Um, I can say that I am the best female weightlifter over the age of thirty five in the world. Pretty cool. So. That is the that is the title I earned, and it's called Grandmaster. Nice. So I was the female Grandmaster for 2016 IWF, and I set a world record clean and jerk. It's a 12 year old record. Wow, that's mm-hmm. huge. Yep. I didn't even know that part. See, yep. and have you heard about any of this online? No. I posted on my Facebook. I know, but it was so like casual. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like, oh, by the way. I tweeted it, too. I kind of won all the things. <laughs> no big deal. I changed my I'm profile description on in- Instagram. That's good. You should. Because that's huge. <laughs> You gotta keep that record. I mean, I mean, at this point, I'm like, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, some some upcoming events, some potential meets that you might consider doing in the in the next what six months or so, yeah, year if even. Um, but just at the pace that you've been going, I mean, you could you could crush that record, would you say? Yeah, I, I actually, um, have you already done that? I mean, not in a meet, but like in practice. So I'm trying to think, have I, I don't do a lot of um, like totals in, right. in, yeah. in, in training, in training right. um, but I did. So my total, which is when you add the snatch and the clean and jerk numbers together, that's mm-hmm. called your weightlifting total. My total was only two kilos away from the world record. So if I had, so I missed my first snatch, um, and if I had made that snatch and made my second one, I would have attempted 76 on the second lift. And then if I had made that, which I did make it, but on my third attempt, if I had had a third attempt to try a new PR at 78 and I'd hit 78 and 97, um, I would have had a world record total also. So that's totally within reach, I think. And there's another master's meet in New Zealand in April I'm just not sure that I'm going to be able to come up with the the funds the, the funds yes to, to yeah sense. plane tickets are even more to New Zealand than they are to Germany and um you know I have you heard of um goal attainment depression before oh no yeah after uh after what well, we have a name for it in the physique competition world, and it's called post post show blues. Post show blues, yes, and it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing, and and I this, these are conversations I have with with the women that I coach, um, who are going to get on stage. You know, sort of having a game plan for afterwards. Like part of their prep includes the two weeks after the show because it's very important that well, a diet wise, it's important for them to ease back into you know quote unquote normal. eating um give their body a little bit of a break but also to have something else for them to shoot for because there is this almost sense of loss afterwards Mm -hmm. where you're like i just did especially when you kill it yeah well it's like you know if if you don't do well you're like oh well now i know what to work on right you You know just go back to the gym yeah this is what i improve on but when you kind of like do as the best that you possibly can it's like well what what do i do now yeah I, i don't know well it's interesting because and I've experienced this with athletic competition before, um, but this is probably the biggest competition that I've ever won. Like, I really got in first place and been completely just content with my performance. And yeah. um, so, you know, coming down after the competition has been like, all right, I'm the world champion. Now what? Right. You know, because my, <laughs> my life for the last year has been kind of leading up to this moment. Right. And then you have the moment mm-hmm. and then the moment is passed and you're like, okay um, so it's been interesting I've only been I've only been to the gym to lift like twice yeah since worlds which, which was almost a month ago mm-hmm. three weeks ago mm-hmm. and I, I have been you know throwing in some yoga classes well just doing other things that you kind of put aside because you were so laser focused mm-hmm. on what you needed to do to get 
to the event, which makes sense. Yeah. Probably, I mean, it's good for you. It's definitely good for your body mm-hmm. to have that variety. Give it, give it a little bit of a break, um, but also mentally. Yeah. Well, and beforehand, you know, like before the competition, I am I'm qualified for some really big senior meets, right? Mm-hmm. And as we discussed, senior is the the term for the open category in weightlifting. So I qualified for the American Open which the all the best weightlifters in the country will be competing at that. And that's Dece- like December 8th or something. Kind of soon. In or- it's very soon. And so before competing in Germany, I was like totally doing American Open. And then after that, I'll have to kind of pick and choose what meets I want to do because I also am qualified for senior nationals. Not old people nationals, senior nationals, which is really hard to qualify for. And it, and it kind of... Um, you know, it makes me a national level weightlifter, which right. is very cool. Um, but now I'm like, oh, God, do I want to do those meets? Do, is that something like, do I want to keep moving forward with that? And, right. you know, just a little bit of pressure. Yeah. And I have a new job. And so coming, right. coming back home and like <laughs> trying to have that balance of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like you have a lot of time to decide, but you kind of do. I mean, and, and based on where you are. You know, what you obviously what you just accomplished, uh, what you know you're capable of doing, even if you were to, to give yourself a little bit more time. Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, if you were decided to just jump into it, would you do you feel like you'd be ready? I I know that I could force myself to be ready, but I, that is what I don't want to do because I chose weightlifting because it's what it's what the heart wants. The heart wants what it wants, Alex. I get and it. And I do love weightlifting. Then you won't. That's you won't right. have fun. So I want to be really careful that I am not. You know, don't being, do it just to do it. Exactly. Well, there's that. I I don't want to do it just because it's what I should do, or because it's what people expect me to That's do. You know, like there's that, external yeah. pressures. Definitely. So I feel like I need some kind of. You know, I need like a. Like a, a weightlifting guardian angel or something, like a mentor to come it's down really and important. just. <laughs> it is to help you just, you know, it's sort of your, your soundboard, someone who's going to be the voice of reason, you know, help basically ask you the right questions to help figure out where your heart is, what you what your gut is telling you. Yeah. And and I have definitely been in your position and have done shows that looking back, I shouldn't have done. Yeah. Because I let or the maybe... pressure knowing what you know now you wouldn't have done right. had the circumstances been different correct mm-hmm. exactly either because uh, my body wasn't ready my head wasn't ready my heart wasn't in it uh and you, you just like you said you're not what you're bringing then to the event is not what you would want to bring right which well, defeats the purpose because exactly. if we always go back to the original reason why you're doing it is to have fun and you enjoy it Right. If that's if you're having any sort of angst around it, it's probably mm-hmm. a sign that you shouldn't. Yeah, and, and these are hard decisions to make. It's true, and that's the interesting thing is that when I kind of check in internally and go, you know, what does my gut want? I feel like there's mixed messages there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just I want to give myself time and space to make the decision. Like, what what's the next meet I want to do? Do I want to keep doing meets? Do I want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to become a, a master yogini. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless. That's right. So I just want to make sure that, you know, the motives are as pure as possible. That makes sense. That makes sense. So so looking back on your prep leading up to Germany, like once you made the decision oh. to go, which I know was already a hard decision, but mm-hmm. you're excited about it. Oh, yeah. You know, what, uh, what, was, what was your training like? 
were you following a specific program? I mean, I know a little bit about the food, which we'll get to in a second, and then we'll kind of talk about making weight and all of that stuff. But what was your your training like? Yep, I had a, um, a programming template that I was following that was just, you know, um, something general that a, a coach was giving me. So I worked off of that every week, at five days a week. I would um, do weightlifting and strength work and then some accessory stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes accessory stuff is like mobility. Sometimes accessory stuff is like push-ups and pull-ups, you know, sometimes yeah. it just looks different yeah. um, depending on the day and the week. But not a lot of conditioning. So <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my questions is like, what is your uh, your least favorite exercise or movement to do? Oh, that's a good question. I kind of, I kind of love hate all of them. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hate them because they're, well, I know which ones I hate because they're tedious mm-hmm. and, and they're obviously the things I need to work on the most usually Yeah, um, because they're hard, but yeah. you, you love them because when you do them, you, you see either, you know, the improvements that you've made, uh, just how effective incorporating that into your training is. Right. And then the, if the results, you know, sometimes they speak for themselves like, oh, I'm that much better at this because I actually did all these things that I yeah. really don't like doing, but they're mm-hmm. totally necessary. Yeah. And I'm totally that kind of person. I'm a work your weakness kind of person, you know, like I and and just, you know, on any given day, if the movement is clicking and I'm feeling like I'm getting something <laughs> out of it, then I'll like it. But, you know, yep. if you know, there are some days where I'm like, oh, oh my God, I think I forgot how to snatch today. <laughs> you know, like every other lift is, you know, wonky or it's like a mislift. Then, you know, on those days, I really hate snatches. But mm-hmm. in general, I love snatches. So it's, yeah. Yeah. When I, everybody has an off day. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a day where things aren't going as well as you would like them to. Yeah. Or your body isn't cooperating or you didn't get enough sleep the night before. And I mean, these are things we talk about all the time. Yep. On the show is just checking in on any given day with yeah. where you're at, where your body's at, where your head's at, and being able to adjust any given session based off of how you're showing up that day. Yeah. Because it can... Otherwise, it can get super frustrating, and you're like, what is wrong with my body? (laughs) Why aren't you working? (laughs) Yeah, totally. But, I mean, uh, I also, you know, there's something really fulfilling about working on things that I'm not good at. And it gives you, uh, to me, it's almost instant gratification. You're like, I'm really glad that I did that. You Mm -hmm. know, it it offers you a little bit of relief um, as far as having a balance for your training. Right. Normally I suck at X, Y, Z and I really worked hard on X, Y, Z today. And so I feel accomplished, you know, so. Right. That makes sense. Well, and you're never going to regret doing that then. Totally. You know what I mean? Well, like you always regret not doing the stuff that you don't like to do because you can look back and say, oh, if I had, if I had only done this and this, I might be better at this. Whereas if you do the things that you dread because you know that you need to do them and once they're done, you're like, oh. Well, totally uh, there's like, it. there's no bad days at the gym, you right. know, like nobody Even has just showing uh, up. Is right. A good day. <laughs> right. It, nobody has ever walked out of the gym and gone. I really shouldn't have done that. You know, it's like true. I really shouldn't have gone to the gym today. You know, you like you're never going to regret going in and and, you know, working on improving yourself. So it's true. It's yeah. true. Now, what was your diet like during this time? Because, you know, there's a few things that that come into play for you specifically. It's obviously you need to be fueled up appropriately yeah, so that you can be as strong as possible and get through all of the work you need to do. But on the flip side, you have to stay within a certain weight class. That's a challenge. 
yeah and I have to say the you know these are the moments that kind of shake my confidence as a nutrition coach because I when you're trying to coach yourself nutritionally things can get things can get really just things can get fucked can I just say that like your head (laughs) like you just mind fuck yourself basically and that's that's kind of what was happening to me beforehand because I I was well back up a little bit you know moving my entire life out to the west coast was really stressful and so I my tendency just in general is to lean on food when I'm stressed so I think I did that a little bit as I was moving out here and I kind of puffed up a little bit. I got fluffy, as I like to say. She does use that word a lot. It's fine. I do. So I was a little bit fluffy. And so the scale was, you know, I was probably five kilos too heavy, maybe four or five kilos too heavy. And, um, you know, it is really easy for me to gain weight. Really easy. Like, I could look at a pancake and gain five pounds. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It is that easy for me to gain weight. So I have to be really careful and just, you know, kind of letting my food logging lax a little bit Mm -hmm. or not staying as strictly to the numbers that I'm supposed to hit every day. You know, that that looked like 10 pounds of weight gain in a matter of six weeks. Yeah. And then all of the lifting, you know, I'm certain that my body comp was shifting. I was putting on a little bit more muscle, which is a good thing. Right. But if I, if I'm holding more muscle on my body, then that means I'm going to have to be a lower percent of body fat to get into my weight class. And so I'm pretty sure that's what happened this time. It was a combination of, you know, just not being as strict with my nutrition and, and logging the food and hitting the exact numbers Mm -hmm. and, um, just, putting on muscle you know a lot of a lot of weightlifting. I'm a little bit more muscular I'm a little more dense which you know normally is like a great thing a lot of people strive for that but oh yeah when you're trying to actually be within a specific number Mm -hmm. because that's you know what your your goal is upon showing up in Germany and doing your thing you have to be within this yeah and I think had I done it again um I I would and, and maybe this is a good, you know, I'm having like this revelation, like as we're talking about it, but <laughs> this I, is why we do this. Yeah, I do. I need a nutrition coach, like someone who is holding me accountable every week and that I'm checking in with um, moving forward because it, it just totally got in my head. And then I got frustrated and confused because on the one hand, I, I wanted to make sure my muscles had enough fuel for all the work that I was asking them, them to do. And on the other hand, I was like, well, crap, if I'm overfueling, I'm going to store that fuel. I'm going to end up, you know, like gaining out of my weight class. And that's not what I want to do. So right. mm-hmm. um, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> I, I need always somebody. Something to be learned. Yeah, I need somebody to help keep me on track. So um and I that's think that's just, true for any competitor, though, like a, yeah. a true competitor, like someone who, who who's in it for the long haul, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at any great athlete, they all have coaches, if not a whole team of coaches guiding them through every yeah. step of the process, because it's like their job is to do the lifting. Yes. And that's what the, the, the coaches are there for, to support them and give them all the other tools that they need so that they can focus on getting the job done. Yep. That's why all these pro athletes have like, you know, entourages. It's true. 
of it's like true. body workers and nutrition coaches and yeah and I did and you know I had a weightlifting coach and so it, for me specifically I mean some people don't struggle with body comp stuff they don't mm-hmm. struggle with nutrition stuff and good for you I love you you're great <laughs> that, that's me I'm but for me um my weight has always been an issue since I was a child mm-hmm. so you know, I try not to focus too much on the number on the scale, but when the number on the scale can mean the difference between you getting to compete one day or not getting it's to compete. True. Yeah. So uh, it, you kind of have to obsess about it a little bit. So I think it, if I had had a coach helping me out, I could have relaxed a little bit about that part mentally and right. put a little more energy into my training and maybe even got a better result. So it's possible. I know in it, I I'm very sensitive to the fact that we're constantly saying how, what a good idea it is to have a nutrition coach. So (laughs) don't think we're just plugging nutrition coaches because, (laughs) because that's what we do. But it, it really is true. Like I, I need guidance. Mm -hmm. I need someone to just take that mental stress off of me. Exactly. One less thing for you to worry about. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you're not capable of doing it, but of all the other things that you have to focus on and worry about. Like if you can hand that off to somebody else, mm-hmm. a huge component of that, that's a huge stress reliever. Yeah. Well, and the perspective aspect of it is really valuable too because, you know, your your view as the athlete when you're like in it is very myopic and the, the coach can kind of look at the bigger picture exactly, and, you know, give you some peace of mind as far as like, all right, a 24-hour period is not the you know that's not the data we need to be focused on we need to be looking at the overall trend what's happening the week snapshot that's right Mm -hmm. so it's really easy to get myopic when you're trying to do it yourself so Mm -hmm. that makes sense lesson learned and then so just briefly um, because I'm going to ask you some some fun questions in a second uh, about your trip and uh, your overall experience (laughs) Um, but so you had to make weight Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it gets a little tricky for anybody who's ever tried to, to make weight for something, um, whether even just for physique competitors, which is something that I run my competitors through too. You know, we do a little water ma- water manipulation, carb manipulation to make sure that, you know, you're not holding extra water, you're as light as possible, your muscles filled out, um, you know, that there can be a whole procedure that one goes through. But part of when you're actually traveling for a, for a show that gets more challenging just an added layer of yes is is being on an airplane because you hold it makes you hold water Mm -hmm. the farther you go the more water you're gonna hold so you have to keep that in mind as well which just throws in like a whole nother element well and I'm chuckling over here because you said you know a little water manipulation which (laughs) I I meant a lot yeah like a lot it's a lot of a lot of like the super hydration thing I had never done it before so Um, I'll back up a little bit. So on this trip, I actually purposely planned to get to Germany early because super smart, by the way. Well, I had never traveled internationally before. I didn't know where I was going to be. I didn't know if I was going to be able to communicate. I didn't know how long it was going to take me to get from the hotel that I had booked to the venue. Mm -hmm. Like none of those things. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get the things that I needed for nutrition right. so I got there early to give myself plenty of time to acclimate to the to the time change and make sure I could get what I needed because right. that was really important to me Super so smart so left the U.S. on Tuesday got to Germany on Wednesday and then I competed on Sunday mm-hmm. so I had from Wednesday to Saturday to basically get my shit together yeah. so 
I was still heavy and was still really frustrated with being heavy. And so what I did was just dialed the fat back mm-hmm. a, a pretty good bit um, and was trying to eat mostly lean protein and then just like, you know, very fibery vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I ate a lot of salads, which sounds awful, but in Germany, everything there is so lush and fresh and beautiful. And, and it's like nice. they put as much care and attention into making a salad as they would, you know, a, a filet mignon. So it says a lot. Yeah. So I actually really, really enjoy their their salads inspired me. And I've been eating a ton of salads since I got back. <laughs> but <laughs> so a little thing. Well, yeah. And like, you know, if you order grilled chicken on a salad there. The chicken is fresh. It's not some like old dry piece of chicken right, right, right. that's been sitting there, you know, under the salamander forever. It's it's delicious. Which probably also makes a difference because a lot of the chicken, like the packaged chicken we buy here, can actually have like be injected with water. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you're trying to cut water uh, and and stay as light as possible, you want to yeah. avoid those things. So I mean, in that case, fresh is definitely yeah. Well, and I also brought a big box of coconut milk with me. Mm-hmm. So I, I get the stuff that's in the Tetra Pack. Yeah. That's like a um, 32 ounce box or whatever. So I brought that with me. So I had that to put in my coffee. And so we just went to Starbucks and they don't really have the iced coffee like we have here. So I would just get iced Americano. Perfect. And put the coconut milk in that. And I coconut milk for me is a better choice than heavy cream because I am a little bit sensitive to dairy. Not like... Mm-hmm. terribly so but um so that helped but I was still like you know probably three kilos over so um on your advice I did the super hydration thing and now I know I did not drink as much as you told me to drink I told her to drink a lot yeah so and I it, told her it was an obscene amount yeah <laughs> and it was an obscene amount and because I knew I was going to try the super hydration thing I brought a camel back with me super smart so the camelback holds like a liter and a half of water. So, and it's easier for me to like drink Just it from a straw it, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And you're not I supposed agree. to like chug it. So, um, I ended up probably doing like a gallon, a gallon and a half and maybe upwards of two gallons on the third day. That's pretty good. Um, and then sat in the sauna on Saturday night mm-hmm. And it was great because there was a scale in the there was a sauna at the hotel we stayed at, which so nice. That's I rare. love you, Germany. Seriously, that's really rare. Germany's Unless amazing. Unless you're in like a very swanky hotel. <laughs> it was a Holiday Inn. Wow, I know. That's but they amazing. had a I know they had a sauna. It was no, it wasn't a Holiday. I'm sorry, it was Best Western. Best Western oh, in in Heilbronn, that's Germany. So weird. Anyways, <laughs> well, and I was the only one that used it because normally, like you know, sauna in a hotel is going to be like a ghost town nobody's gonna right. be in there it's true so i wasn't apparently it's just it it's more a part of european culture i it, guess it definitely yeah that's true so there stupid. was a sauna and there was a scale oh, in the sauna room i was like score this is amazing so like just i just need. yeah just like every 30 minutes i would get out of the sauna and get on the scale and i just stayed in there until i got under 63 and she made it i did yep. i made weight yep. 62.45 was my way in perfect yeah, which some people weigh in at like sixty two point nine eight, or you know, like right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which can I'm, be a little, yep, a little stressful. So I weighed in well under, and I had all my, you know, I knew I was going to eat as soon as I, because in weightlifting you weigh in two hours. 
Right. So there's not a lot of time. There's no time for recomp. It's not like in powerlifting when generally they're weighing in the night before. So they have this window of time where they mm-hmm. can then refuel, carb up. You right. Know, or MMA, I think it's like 24 hours, something like that. I think so. Yeah. And they they cut crazy amounts of weight they do. in it's those competitions. Not it's, ideal, but you know, you do what you uh, got to do for your sport. Not ideal. I would go so far as to say it's potentially harmful. To oh, f- absolutely harmful. There's a video going around of, what's that girl? Holly? Holly yeah. somebody? that MMA, she just fought like, mm-hmm. she fought uh, Ronda Rousey and yep. kicked her ass. Um, but she cut a lot. There's a video of them helping her cut weight that was floating around social media the oh, other yeah, day. Yeah. And it is like, it's intense. Yeah. It's serious. But there's no higher weight class in women's MMA, which oh, is kind of so messed she up. Has to stay. That's mm-hmm. interesting. It's messed up is what that it is. is. They need more weight classes. They really do. Okay. But um but yeah, what was I going to say? The dangerous effects of cutting weight. Yeah, the dangerous effect it was before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had all my food ready to go. So oh, so that she could fuel up again and be ready to lift. Yeah, that's right. So I had iced coffee that I had brewed the night before and just stuck in the fridge so I had that with me because I gotta have my coffee in the morning like she I'm sorry it just coffee. It's, it's intense uh, come on <laughs> people people who drink coffee you understand I'm, me I'm right there with you I know you are you understand I it. do um so yeah so I had my iced coffee I had um some eggs I also got the German version of Pedialyte good call and was kind of crushing that all throughout the competition mm-hmm. Um, Very good call. Potatoes. I had white potatoes. Crushed some of those. Trying to think. Of, oh, I um I had brought some breakfast sausage with me, so I had protein, some carbs. caffeine, some carbs, a little fatty, and some electrolytes mm-hmm. that I refueled with before. And then my session was really short. There were there were not as many lifters as were signed up. So initially our session was supposed to be 13 lifters and only six showed up, which is really oh, weird to me. Half? Yeah. Less than half? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, good for you though. <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's crazy too, just like you said, you know, it's a, it's a short session. So you, there's like all of this prep and same thing for, you know, bikini girls. It's like you have 30 seconds, mm-hmm. maybe a minute on stage for like 12, 16 weeks of prep. Yeah. And all of this stuff in the final week to get there. All goes down in two hours. And then like, you're done. Yep. And it's over. Um, but luckily you did well. You you did what you went there to accomplish and maybe more, which is awesome. I was really happy with the outcome. And then I ate all of the delicious desserts. Because let me tell you. Okay, so the competition was in this town called Heinsheim mm-hmm. in Germany. And it's a tiny little town and just the most charming, like, quintessential German countryside. Just, like, the cutest. Even their little children were just the cutest. (laughs) And I'm, like, I am not a kid person, but there was this little girl and she was, she didn't speak any English. And I speak very rudimentary German. Like, I started learning it, like, six months ago because I knew I was going to go to Germany. And so I could, like converse but really it was difficult but I was glad I had done that Um, and so I was trying to talk to this little girl because she I think she really liked my hair so because it's blue yeah so she was like my biggest fan the whole weekend she was the cutest thing but I had the camelback and I was like drinking out of the camelback and she was asking me what what was that (laughs) 
And um, I told her, you know, Vasa, there's wa- there's water in it. And she <laughs> and she goes, cool. They have that word in German. It's the K. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. That's cute. Cool. And it was the cutest little. I was just like, oh, my God, I would have job adopt you little German child you're adorable so so wait did she have desserts is that how oh what I was getting <laughs> I was like wait a minute where does the little girl go oh, she carrying a basket of desserts so easy for me to derail <laughs> no I, her family lived there but um so there's a concession at the sports complex where the competition was mm-hmm. but they set up this side table like this counter and basically the whole town shuts down for the competition because apparently awesome. they've hosted it before nice. And the local women just bake. Ugh. And so they would take away one dessert, like one empty pan, and just bring out a beautiful, fresh baked, like amazing German pastry or, <laughs> you know, a cake or a pie or like a cobbler. Hey, and if that's not motivation to do well oh my God. and finish, <laughs> I don't know what is. My and I, if you follow me on social media, you probably know that I dropped my iPhone in the toilet like the second day I was there. And <laughs> it did start working again, but then when I got back to California, it completely just died. And mm. I'm pretty sure it's from having dropped it in the toilet. Um, so all of my photos and everything that I took, like, because we went to Frankfurt for the last five days and mm. just did like some touristy stuff. But all my photos, all my videos from the competition, you know, they're all on that phone. That and I'm probably I'm gonna see if the the Apple geniuses can help me recover, recover the yeah. data. Yeah, because I, I know that's good stuff. Because I have a photo of the desserts that I had in my medal, like sitting right next to the little plate and the fork and the coffee the with them. <laughs> but one cool thing is over there, like there, if you order whipped cream with something, um, Schlagzon, it's heavy cream. Mm. Um, it's always the it's always in whipped cream form, but there's no sugar in it. Love that because you don't really need it. No. Like if you've ever made whipped cream scratch from scratch from heavy cream, it's perfect. Yeah, you don't need is. to put the powdered nope. sugar that's loaded nope. up with cornstarch. You don't need that. Nope. It's true. Because it, it will stiffen up by itself. Yeah. If you whip it up, you put enough air in there. But so if you order heavy cream with your coffee, they bring you a little saucer with like a pile of whipped cream on it. Oh, it's wonderful. It is amazing. <laughs> I would totally live in Germany. I would totally live there. <laughs> Hey, if there's any single German men out there. <laughs> you want to no. take her in? And you have a thing for female weightlifters with blue hair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I would totally live in Germany. It was, I, I really loved it. It was an amazing country. What was your favorite thing? Well, the food was amazing. But one thing that I really loved is, I mean, they just seem to really care about their country. Mm-hmm. They care about, like, when you're driving on the interstate, there's no billboards. There's not I a bunch. You saying that. There's not. It's not like you know capitalism shoved down your throat all the time. It's there's no you know advertisements that are like you know just basically obscuring all of the beautiful countryside there. So um, I really loved that there are parts of the autobahn with no speed limit because I like to drive fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. I'm the same. Yeah, I love the history there. I love, like, in the Rhine area, cause, um, which is not that far from Frankfurt. We, we visited that area um, after after Sunday, after the competition, we drove up to Frankfurt. And literally, like, around every corner, there's another castle up on a hill somewhere. That's cool. 
And so we visited a couple of castles and you could like look down and have a view of the Rhine and it's just That's neat. Oh, it's just stunning. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. Nice. Yeah. So you'd go back again. Uh tomorrow I would go back tomorrow. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So all in all, it was a success. Yeah, it was all a, the hard work, the training, the dedication. It all paid off. It did. It was a wonderful trip, and then I ate all of the pastries as you should. I ate my way through Germany, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, just like most cultures, like the best way to experience it is obviously to like you know immerse yourself in it. Mm-hmm. But the food, yeah, is is so much a part of the culture in any country that you go to. And I think being able to fully experience the, their culture, you have to eat the food. Yeah. And I got Which laughed at a lot because I did try to use the German that I had learned. And I had many, many Americans tell me, oh, don't worry about learning German because when you go over there, everyone speaks English. You're not going to need it at all. Okay. That wasn't true. I, that I Maybe they all speak English. But I don't think that's the best way to experience Germany because I think it, you miss culture, out. Really, it's true. Yeah, you, it's true. I feel yeah. like I, I got more out of it because I like I was able to read some of the street signs. I could, mm-hmm. you know, kind of interpret the menus. That like some of the foods are are the things that I learned the least in my six months of German <laughs> German training. But um, you know, just. Like, here's an example. I, I had to be able to tell the pharmacist that I needed Pedialyte in German. And it's not called Pedialyte <laughs> right, in Germany. Course. It's called, like, Oral Pedon or something like that. Um, I still have some little packets of it left in my cabinet. But, um, you know, I was able to tell her, I was able to say in German the words for water, sugar, salt, child. So you kind you of know, described like, what was in the product. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, I need something with all of those things in it. Yeah, and she knew, and like I could tell her that I was doing a weight, like an, an athletic competition, and I needed that it to, for hydration. So like, she did not speak English. The lady at the pharmacy, I mean, she knew a few words, but it was kind of like, you know, I was really grateful that I had that those tools in my tool belt <laughs> to be like communication is makes every experience better. So definitely, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing about your adventure and congratulations because again you. it's huge Thanks. we'll be posting some uh pictures for sure Woo. Yeah, along with the uh hopefully you could recover some of them before I we know, hear the episode i need to go that would be awesome um i need to go talk to the nerds yeah exactly at the apple store exactly and if by the time this episode airs we have any updates on what you uh have decided about any upcoming adventures competitions things like that we might include it and if not We totally understand. (laughs) And we fully support you regardless. Very cool. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will catch you guys next time with more uh, fun updates on our personal adventures. Woo. Talk to you later. Bye. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.